0: Welcome to Novell Sales Talk. This is Randall Barch. And I'm Ron Terry. And we've got Deutsche Flugsicherung, which is the German Air Traffic Control Services, in the studio with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We have Alexander Schanz, who's the head of the data center, and Dr. Stefan Szymanski, who's the head of the Linux Competence Center. Alexander, could you tell us a little bit about how long you've been using
1: Novell Linux? We actually started using Novell Linux in 2003, and by 2005, we developed a strategy to base our air traffic control systems on Linux only. So since then, we're using SLAS as a basis for those systems. So tell us some of your successes that you've had. Why did you choose SUSE Linux? Well, first of all, for us, it was important to find a distributor with very good support for us. It helps, of course, that uh, a lot of developers sit in, in Nuremberg, which is only... 200 kilometers away from us, so uh, uh if you have a real problem with hardware or something like that, you can easily drive it down to Nuremberg and put it on a desk to someone to fix it. And of course, since SUSE was very popular before it was bought by Novell, it was a product we knew very well, so we decided to use SUSE as a basis for our systems.
2: Now, you say you use high availability. Can you describe what things you're using the high availability to support? So just to have a picture, we have the several towers around Germany and for every tower there's information system for the tower controllers where they can see the weather and the wind and everything. And for every site there's a cluster of servers. They're off-site, in fact, there's some wide area LAN between, but a cluster for each site.
1: Of course, they must work 24 hours. And any use of or need for real-time Linux? Well, real-time Linux, we are looking into it in some areas. And in most of the areas, we don't have the need of milliseconds, reaction times, or something like that. A second is enough for us. But there are some areas, especially navigation, GPS, and things like that, where we are looking into using real-time Linux to measure things more accurate than we can do it today. To complete what Stefan just said, Um, we're using Heartbeat with SLAS 11, and with SLAS 10 as well, Uh, with SLAS 11 Service Pack 1, we'll be moving more in this area. We are very close with the developers of Heartbeat because we have some, let's say, special use cases, so we had some features requests as well into the product, but it's all working very well.
0: I like the idea of this Linux competence center. It gives me a picture of a big lab with a lot of lab coats and a lot of activity going on. Tell us some of the cool things that you've got going on in the Competence Center. So we have a number of engineers there who are
2: specialists in Linux and really ranges over the whole uh, bandwidth. So we have kernel people, we have X people, we have hardware people there, and a collection of competence which goes very, very deep. So we think of us as some kind of Competence Center which can fix in theory every bug by itself. So we can dig into the code and we even do that. So we have bugs in kernel drivers or in some X-driver where only we could really fix that because uh, the maintainer of the kernel driver, I mean, a special environment, and it's very hard for them to really know how we use them. It's sometimes very special. So we need this competence. I would imagine you push that stuff back upstream as well, the we patches do. and the fixes, so very involved in the community. So there's nothing secret we do. Everything around Linux is open source. We push back the patches just for tablet drivers, for example, for X, which we push back, and we're really working directly with the developers there, so there's a direct contact.
0: Now that's a really nice customer-developer-in-community collaboration that's going on there. But I don't want to give our listeners the wrong impression. In your expert opinion, would you think that not every customer would need a competence center to be able to run Linux in their enterprise? It depends on the applications you want. I mean, if you're running maybe
2: even mission-critical things, but which are more or less near to some standard use case, you don't need that. Novel has expertise in that a lot, but we have very special requirements, different than maybe a web provider or something like that or SAP or anything similar.
0: Now, if you have that much expertise, why did you decide not to use your own distribution
1: of Linux? That's a good question we get asked quite often. There's a very easy answer to it. If you really want to support a whole distribution with all the packages and everything on it, you'll need a lot more people to do that. And, of course, the problem is also that you have issues with quality control and things like that, which you would have to build up. So what we do is we say we're using an enterprise distribution and we rely on the processes within the company, like Noël, to have quality control and things like that. So we get a quality-controlled finished product with support. It's also a legal issue if we buy it from somebody and he assures us that it is built to certain standards, we can rely on it and we don't have to prove it ourselves. So we rely on it and that's why we use a commercial distribution. Also, if you like to do something like EAL for certification. Surely you could do that with Debian or Ubuntu, but you would have to spend a lot of money to get it ready to be certified. So we'd rather buy it from somebody who has done the job, and we don't have to do it ourselves. So that's one of the major reasons. But to come back to the specialty of servicing, for special cases, we have people who fix problems. doesn't mean that we don't open service requests with Noel, we do that very well. Because they are, I wouldn't say not important, but which are not high priority for us. The people in Stefan's group fix problems which are real operational problems. So we have a problem, and we have problems in operation due to that problem, and we are going to fix it. Because we need a fix very, very fast in most instances because it might be a problem that, for example, limits our capacity in the airspace because an air traffic controller cannot use a certain function anymore, it's not working, capacity is limited, our revenue is limited, so we we are there to fix the problem very, very fast. And in some areas, as Stefan mentioned, it's hard for a distributor to even find the problem because it's a special setup with special hardware with special drivers and to be able to replay what we are doing, it's not not feasible. It's not feasible in our environment because people are not allowed to go there. If you have test environments, which we have a lot of, you sometimes cannot replay because we had an issue where, where we didn't know what the people were doing. And even for us, it was a problem. And in the end, it's a funny story. We fixed a webcam at the controller working position to see what the guy is doing to reproduce the bug. We we couldn't reproduce it, and then we saw what he was doing. And he was always saying, I don't do anything. And in the end, he didn't do anything, actually, from his view, because what he was doing, he got nervous and he flipped his pen on a panel. He got so many clicks that the driver bailed off and said, oh, 2,000 clicks a minute, I'm going to stop. I mean, how can you reproduce things like that if you don't know what people are doing? That's the type of bugs we are going to fix. First of all, we find what the cause is and then we fix it. Or sometimes it's enough if we know what the cause is to give it back to Novell and say, okay, we know how to reproduce it now. That's what you have to do. And then they can come up with a fix for it. Well, I think you're
2: highlighting something that's very key important here of the value of open source software, yet enterprise supported open source software. You get the value of the support and the joke is that one throat to choke when you have a problem. But at the same time, because the code is available to you, you can solve many of your own problems without having to be so vendor dependent. I think, again, you have a great example of
1: how that is working for you in, in a real world, high criticality type of environment. That's true. Uh, and that's one reason why we went the open source strategy. We said we don't want to have a vendor lock-in and we would like to be free of release cycles because it's our decision to keep something longer. And if we have the source code, we can still fix it and support it. If Novell or somebody else decides not to support it anymore, we could do it longer. Alexander, are there any other solutions that you've seen recently from Novell that interest you? Well, we are looking at the cloud issue from the business IT side, of course, that's interesting. Cost cutting is always something <laughs> which, which we ask for. That's true. But uh, we we are quite confident with our, let's say, private cloud, using Linux again, Xen, to virtualize systems, SAP, for example. But looking at the problems which we highlighted here at BrainShare as well, all these security compliance issues you have if you move your data out of your data center, that's something where I'm, let's say, a little bit reluctant, uh, and I have to look if the solutions coming up in the future will really solve my issues I have there. But it looks like people have understood that there is a problem, so they do something about it.
0: Well, Alexander and Stefan, thank you very much for spending some time with us. For Novell Sales Talk, this is Randall. And Ron. Thanks for listening.
1: Novell Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell Inc. You can send us feedback at salestalk@novell.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.